thanks to our sponsor, Raygun. Are you under increasing pressure to ship code faster than ever before? Then it's time to work smarter with Raygun's modern approach to error and performance monitoring. Raygun gives you instant visibility into the health of your software. And what makes it so unique is that not only it tells you when something's gone wrong, it shows you exactly where it's gone wrong and how to fix it right down to the line of code. Made by developers for developers, Raygun has built a suite of monitoring tools that are used and loved by thousands of software teams every day. Monitor every corner of your tech stack with widespread language support and native integrations with GitHub, Jira, Slack, Bitbucket, Octopus Deploy, and more for even greater visibility. Visit raygun.com to resolve issues faster and to deliver flawless digital experiences to your users. That's raygun.com to get started on your 14-day free trial with plans starting from as little as $4 per month. This is the Microsoft Cloud Show, episode 418, where today, CJ and I are going to get back to our geek outs. We're going to talk about prosumer networking with Ubiquity and Unify, recorded live July the 15th, 2021. This episode is brought to you by Geomont. Have you thought about adding contact center capabilities into your existing Microsoft Teams user base? If so, take advantage of our promo to add BuzzEasy Contact Center for Teams from Geomont and get your first month subscription for free. It's a complete omni-channel experience that works seamlessly with Teams Voice. BuzzEasy was developed with best practices in Azure and offers a rich, easy-to-use experience. Geomont is a Microsoft Gold partner and part of the technology adoption program, and their BuzzEasy chatbot solution for Microsoft Teams has been chosen as a preferred solution on the Microsoft App Store. See the show notes for details around our special offer. Back to the show. Good morning, CJ. How are you doing today? I am slightly hungover, but I am okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny when you told me like who you went out to dinner with last night. I'm like, oh, I'm so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out, yeah, not really drinking much for a whole year really can take its toll on you when you have one too many glasses of wine. Mm, yeah, I've been there. Between that and getting totally old, it's just not like it used to be, man. Yeah, you're a little slow today, huh? A little. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that is going quite all right. I'm so slow. Yeah. <laughs> the rock is rolling back on top of you. It does feel a bit that like that. Not too bad though. All things considered, I'm upright, which is the main thing, and. Um, yeah, not too bad in general. How about you? Doing good. I've been working on a couple little pet, updating a bunch of pet projects and figuring a couple things out, putting some, getting some utilities set up. Got a bunch of blog posts that are written this week that are cool. all scheduled to go out over the next month. So it's, uh, it's been a productive, a very productive week. I'm very much looking forward to going on vacation in about a week and a half or about a week and a half. Oh, it sounds good. That'll be exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Today, uh, we want to start getting into the content of the show here because we've got a lot of stuff that we want to talk about or one main topic we want to talk about. We haven't done one of these geek outs uh, for a while. So for those of you who are not familiar with this or are new to the show, every once in a while, CJ and I do one of these geek outs where we talk about something that is interesting to us but may not directly relate to the theme of this podcast. This is going to definitely fall into that category because this is really nothing to do with the Microsoft Cloud, Microsoft Office 365, Microsoft 365 Windows, Azure, blah, blah, blah. When we've talked about this to our friends and to different people, we get lots of questions. And so we thought, you know, frankly, from the selfish side of me, I'd just like to say, have you listened to episode 418? I'm like, no, I haven't listened to it yet. I'm like, go listen to that and then come back <laughs> and ask me a question because I think we pretty much, we were pretty concise in it. Yeah. <laughs> or comprehensive. Let's try for that. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Let me give you a little bit of a preface here on how what we're going to do, what our organization of the show is, and what the intent of it is. If this is not up your alley and you want to tune out, by all means, I totally get it. But what CJ and I are going to talk about is something called is prosumer grade networking. So this is like stuff that you would put in your in like a business. So it could be like stuff for your company. Mm. It can be you know enterprise quality. It's enterprise quality stuff, but you can it's not priced like enterprise quality stuff. Stuff that you could use in like a small business, a medium sized business, or as like CJ and I have, we actually run it in our houses. I run it across actually my parents' house and my house. And I'll explain, you know, we'll explain why uh, we've gone this route, et cetera. The one thing I do want to make very clear on, because we did put a little, I did put a tweet out yesterday and got a bunch of input on what people wanted, had some, some questions that people may have. And there were a couple of people that were like, you know, why would I do this? Why would I spend this kind of money on this? And why would I go through this complexity when what I have works? The idea of this show or the point of the show is not to convince anybody that this is what you need or why you should do this. The point of the show is simply inform and educate and answer some questions. Yeah. And I totally get it. If people are like, I don't want to go this far with this stuff. I get it. Yeah. I'm convinced. I love it. But I wouldn't go in a different direction. But that doesn't mean that it's for everyone. So Yeah, exactly. So it's more about just letting people know what we do, why we do it, and that they make an informed decision about if it's something they want to play around with or dip their toe in the water, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so before we get started with this, really quick, how are we going to organize the show here? We've got a couple different main topics we want to run through. Appreciate all those questions that people submitted. We're going to start with just a really quick overview of what this is. CJ and I'll give our two cents on it and our two cents on kind of high level, why do we like this and why is it a good option for us? And then we're going to go into the whole, like, how does it work? What do I need? You know, Starting from scratch, what do I need to do to get this up? What things are we looking at? Then we'll dive into things like, what are some additional things I could add to this? You know, what are some additional, what's like the, if I want to go like next level with it? Yeah. Got a handful of questions that people posted in Twitter that I think are, that are common themes that we've heard from different people. So I thought we could go through a handful of those. So shout out. Thank you to Paul Schaefline, Jeremy Thake, and Gavin Barron for your questions that you submitted. I guess if we haven't by this time we get in the show, you and I can share what we've done and then a couple of little tips and tricks that maybe each one of us has picked up along the way. So we'll have some note, we'll have some links to different things we talk about in the show. There's tons of stuff out there if you go Google for this for these topics, but hopefully we'll demystify a lot of it. Yep, makes sense to me. So before we get started with this, let's hear from one of our awesome sponsors who make these episodes, these geek outs possible. This episode is sponsored by ShareGate. Do you know how many files are shared outside your organization? Do you know which of your groups and teams are actually being used? Are you sure that every team in your tenant is a valid owner? Do you know why your users create new teams in Microsoft 365 groups? ShareGate's got your back. After helping thousands of customers move to Office 365, they've learned that success in the cloud involves more than just migration. And that's why they created ShareGate Apricot, an automated governance platform for Microsoft Teams and Microsoft 365 groups. ShareGate Apricot can help you answer questions like these without placing unnecessary restrictions on your users. With ShareGate Apricot, get full visibility across each team's lifecycle, from creation all the way through to archival. Automate manual tasks involved in identifying problem areas like inactive or orphan teams, 
and collaborate team owners on corrective measures to keep your teams tidy and secure. And that's why they've also combined ShareGate Desktop, their trusted migration and content management tool with ShareGate Apricot in a single subscription so that you have everything that you need to be successful in the Microsoft Cloud. And now back to the show. All right, CJ, would you like to give your first, your, take a stab at what is this? What is Unify? What is Ubiquity in your words? Maybe I can explain this by, by explaining a little bit about how I came to it. Okay. It all started with a crappy ISP's modem. I think we're all, we've all been there, right? You've got some modem that your Comcast router or whatever, or wherever in the world you are, you get given this sort of modem or, or router from your ISP, and they plug it into your connection, and then everything plugs into that, or and it does Wi-Fi and all that. When, if any techie, we've usually got lots of different devices and all that sort of stuff. And I just noticed, like, I was, like, having to reboot my router maybe once a week or so or something like that. Things would just start going awry. And, and I was like, this is, you know, it would go wrong when I wasn't at home, which then causes all sorts of mayhem and chaos with the family. And I was like, there's got to be a better way. Like, it's, and I did some research online and it's like, yep, it's these crappy modems that Comcast are giving out or whatever. And, you know, they, they just don't have the throughput requirements or they don't have that, they can't handle the number of devices that we've got. And they're just junk, right? They're just cheap modems that are made en masse and given to everybody for the, you know, thinking everybody's uh, one size fits all. And so I got into thinking, well, okay, I need to replace this and figure out something else. And that's ultimately what led to my whole journey into the Unify ecosystem. Um, and a friend of mine and co-founder from Hyperfish, Brian, had said, hey, you should look at Unify. And so I started, that's what led me down that rabbit hole. But in a nutshell, it's that step, up, to me it feels like it's that step above consumer-grade hardware that you'd get from someone like Comcast, right? That's a one-size-fits-all, and then you move up into something like Unify or, or from Ubiquity, which is not really going like large enterprise-grade networking, right? Like the, the Cisco's of the world and all that sort of stuff at the, at the super high end level of enterprise. But if you're a techie and you want more configurability and things, then there's that middle ground in the middle, right? And so it's definitely that sort of step up into that more configuration. It's more work, but it's more configuration and things. But then with that come the benefits of it's more bulletproof. It's made for dealing with hundreds of devices. You can see more about what's going on and things like that. And so that's how I got started with Ubiquity, right? Is sick of my current modem, wanted to deal with Wi-Fi and, and new networking in one hit. And so um, that kind of led me down this down this path. But to me, it's about that. It's sort of like stepping up and uh, it's like if you want to if you want to race a car on a track, anybody can take their car from the street and go race it on a track, but you'd never beat a race car built for the track, right? With slick tires and a full roll cage and suspension built for the track and all of that sort of stuff. And so it's that same sort of step up. That's the way I'd explain it to people. The analogy that I give people is think about it like a home theater system. So you can go buy your TV and the majority of people are going to go buy a TV and they're going to use the speakers that are built into the TV to watch TV. And then some people may level up a little bit and get like a speaker bar and put a speaker bar under their under their TV um, to get a little bit better quality sound. But then you get those people who want even more control over it. And they're going to want to do surround sound. They're going to want to do get like a home theater system and be able to hook up a bunch more devices to it, like an Xbox or a PlayStation, and maybe hook up like 
Sonos and stuff. There's a lot of other pieces that you can go and extend on this. And it gives you more options as one thing. But, you know, when we look at the networking side, the reason that I got into it was mostly to solve a couple of different problems that I was facing, both at my house and then at my parents' house. My parents live in a very an old house. It's built with bricks, stucco walls and everything. And it's not a classic like square or uh, ranch style house. It's more, it's got a weird kind of a layout hmm. to where there were making Wi-Fi work was impossible. Like getting it working in some places was great. But it would never work upstairs. It would never work in this in the back room. It would just work in the main part of the house. And it was just because of the materials. And there we tried different like mesh network type things, but they still weren't going to work. And we had to buy so many of that stuff and kind of daisy chain it around the house that it was just, it wasn't a good option. So I got into it. I always saw this stuff and I was like, oh, that'd be cool to get into. I'd like it at my house. And I can see where it solves a problem. But it also, I didn't want to pay the money for it until... I was replacing my third modem, I think, or my third router, like $100 router you got from from Best Buy or some big box store and was finally like, you know what? I'm done with this. Right. So that's how I got into it. But then once I, once I got into it, I realized how much more stuff it did, like the security in terms of like the real-time monitoring, especially when you got kids on your, and you're on your network, the ability to do VLANs, we'll get into that later, more control and visibility, like being able to manage or monitor my parents' network. Yeah. Oh, the internet's not working. I'm like, no, it's working. You just probably have to restart your laptop. Yeah, remote management, right? So that's a... Oh, huge. That's a big plus for this. I guess maybe not so much in the last year while I've been at home, but uh, certainly if you're on the road or away from home, being able to remotely manage your network is a huge, one of the huge benefits. That's like like an overview of kind of like what this stuff is. Let, let's start by kind of giving people like the... It, this kind of goes into one of our frequently asked questions we got from people, but... Let's start by, I think that one of the best ways to do this is I, I think I'm going to start with, a, I guess, a level set that I think that everybody listening to the show, you're a techie, right? I can already get that, or you know, you don't have to be a developer. You don't have to be a networking guy or girl, but you just, you have some sort of like IT experience. So I don't think it's too hard or too much of a reach to say every single person that's listening to this episode has got a cell phone. Every single person listening to this episode has got a broadband connection at home or in the office with a modem. And minimum, you've got just one of those all-in-one modems that one of your... Wi-Fi, switch, yeah, Ethernet, the, modem. Everything in one. one. Yep. you got a coax cable plugged into it, or if you're lucky enough to have fiber, you got that plugged into it, and everything goes off that. So let's kind of define a couple things. And then let's kind of talk about like where does Unify fit in. And then we're going we're gonna to break up these different components, and we'll talk about the different pieces here. So a traditional, I'm going to call it a traditional network. So the one that, you know, the non-unified stuff, the stuff that's very consumer grade is when, you know, here in the United States, popular providers like Comcast, AT&T, Verizon, they show up at your house, they hook up your service, and they leave you with at least one, sometimes two devices. Mm. That one device sometimes is like an all-in-one, but it might be broken up into two devices. So it's going to be a modem, you're going to have a router, and you're going to have something like that provides Wi-Fi. So sometimes it's the modem is all by itself and it plugs into the router, and then the router is a Wi-Fi router, yeah. everything all in one. Yeah. So if you've got like if you've got a one of those like popular Nighthawk routers, that doesn't do your internet. That just takes the internet connection mm-hmm. and enables to create a Wi-Fi network and creates a small like a, a limited uh, hardwire based network that you can have as well. 
when you compare that to what Unify has, they take a very different approach in that they, with a couple exceptions, everything is very much broken out into specialized components. Mm. They do have some consumer-oriented stuff that is kind of an all-in-one. We'll talk about that. But the way that they do it is, again, you've got your modem, and that's not something Unify provides. That's something that you have to get from your provider. Or like if you're on a, if you have a cable, if your provider is is coming from your cable connection, your coax connection, those RS modems are real popular. Yep. So you're going to have a modem. Then you're going to have a router slash gateway. That's usually, that's one device from, from Unify. Then you're going to have a switch. That's your different wired connections. That may be part of your, your router slash gateway. Yeah. And then you've got things called access points. And those are the things that provide a Wi-Fi connection. The other thing is that's, that's nice about this is that with Unify, when you create your network, everything is all software-defined based networking. So SDN. That's like if you've done for all the IT pros that are that are listening to this or the developers who are familiar with this in Azure and AWS, like networks and gateways and all that stuff. This is all this is what we do in Azure. Yeah. This is how we create networks in Azure. It's all software-defined stuff. And what Unify does is they have a controller, it's an app that you have to run that is going to manage your network. Now, let's take a step back and let's talk a little bit about the options you have here with doing the, with running this controller software because we saw based on like the little Twitter survey we did, I saw a handful of different options that we have and then you and I can have an option here to we'll throw out you know what options that you have with Unify, what we used to have, what we have today, and then we'll like what we do. Let's hold off on the part where, where like some of them already have it in, like the UDM and UDBs. Sure. This is just me and CJ talking to each other. Let's hold off on the fact that some of that stuff's integrated. But this software that you have, the Unify controller software, you have really two options for that have like option one has A, B, and C, and option two has like A, B, and C options related to it. You can either install this app on your own machine. There's a Windows, a Mac OS, and a Linux version. So some people do it on a Windows machine. Some people do it on their on a Mac mini. Some people do it on a little Linux device, like a little Raspberry Pi. Mm. And what it is is that you're going to go, you go to a browser-based interface. And what this does is you configure your network. And once you adopt the different unified devices to your network, all the configuration you do in that app uh, or on that website Whenever the device comes online, it's going to apply the changes to that device. So you don't have to go to your different access points all over your house, all over your business and say, I want to turn on this network or I want to turn on this guest network. You just say, no, all these APs, access points, you're all in one group. Here's this other group of access points. And I want this Wi-Fi network to apply to all of them. And this one, the guest network for customers to only apply to these and this controller does the work of putting all that stuff out there. It's sort of like an ARM template for your network, right? Yes, that's a great way to look at it. ARM templates in Azure, you know, define all of your components of your application and things, and then you can apply an ARM template. It's a uh, configuration, right? Mm -hmm. Where you apply it to go and build out that infrastructure in Azure. The controller in Unify is very similar. It's just a piece of software that helps you do it in a visual way, right? So it's you configure your Wi-Fi networks and your IP ranges and do all that stuff you'd want to do. And then it figures out, hey, I need to put this configuration out onto all the devices uh, so that they know what to do, right? So if, say if you've got an access point and the um, security gateway, which we'll talk about in a second, then 
you know, your controller will talk to them, give them their configuration and sort of stamp out the stamp out the configuration from the management software. Yeah. Like and like so, and if I want to go add, you know, more coverage to my area, like if I have a dead spot in my house or in my business, I can buy another access point. I plug it into my network. It shows up in the controller is like, hey, this is pending adoption. You say I want to adopt it. It adopts it. Maybe it updates its firmware, and all of the changes that are on the rest of your network are now been applied to that guy. And all of a sudden, he's broadcasting the same network access. Yeah. So in, in the past, I guess in a tradition, more traditional setup that you'd have with say the out-of-the-box Comcast router, let's for, let's say, or a large ISPs all-in-one device, right? Modem, router, and Wi-Fi all-in-one. Normally, what would happen is if you got if you've got bad reception in one area of your house, then you'd have your your ISPs mode all-in-one, right, where the connection comes into the house or whatnot. You may have Ethernet around your house if it's a more modern house, so you'd you know plug your Ethernet into your all-in-one, and then somewhere else in the house you'd need some other Wi-Fi extender type system, like I think there's one like Orbi, is that one? The one something? Yep. yep. And start dotting them around your house if you've got Ethernet to plug into them. Or you'd have to plug one of those into your router directly and then have them dotted around your house. Then you'd need to go into the router and go and turn off the out-of-the-box Wi-Fi mm-hmm. and things like that, right? So you've got all that configuration. And whereas with Unify, you add components as you need them. And you can start extremely small, right? So I don't want this to sound too daunting to people. Like literally the way I started was with one access point. You don't need anything else. If if you just want to solve your Wi-Fi problem, start with an access point. You don't need anything to run the management software on except for your own PC. That's how I got started. And um, you plug one of their access points into your network and away you go. You can adopt it in the software and start configuring it. And then you've opened the door and you'll spiral out of control and buy all the Unify things at that point. Yeah. And, and this is <laughs> the other thing with that in controller too, what that does is it that gives you not only the ability to be able to, to manage your network locally, but it also allows you to manage it from outside of your network as well. So that's what you, you have. There's an app for iOS, there's an app for Android, and then there's a website that if you need to, you can go through and you can manage your network from outside. Now, that controller software, you have to install it on some sort of a device, right? Windows, Mac, or Linux. The option, though, that you and I have both gone with, that uh, I know we got into this on Twitter, but I think it is, the, I think it's really the only option you should consider. There was a link that was shared on Twitter about, you know, here's how you can go through and set up your controller on as an you know, on an Azure VM. And I'm like, I, to me, I think that's crazy. It's an option, but it just, it's so much more, it's going to be so much more expensive in the long run and so much more complexity because you got to poke holes between different networks and make sure they can work. What Unify sells are these things called cloud keys. And what you can do, all the cloud key is, it's like a, there's a couple different options, but it's generally like a like a really big stick pack of gum. Yeah. All it is, is just a Linux device that has the controller already installed. You plug it in. It's It can be powered over Ethernet. So you plug it into a port that, is, that can do power over Ethernet. If you, you don't have that option, you can get a little adapter where you can plug it into the wall and then have the network cable plug from the controller from the cloud key to your network. And that's it. Everything is done. There's no shut, there's no shutdown. There's no rebooting and that kind of stuff of your controller. You can do all of that through the management software or whatever. And it's that thing to me, that's your, it's a one time, like 60, 70, 80 bucks, I think, something like that. 
to get a cloud key and you're off to the races. You're in good shape. It's always on. It's low power. You don't have to worry about, oh, your machine's rebooting. So you've, you've lost being able to access your network or your computer at home is turned off. That's actually one thing we should mention here is you don't have to have the management software running all the time necessarily. Like if you, if your management software gets turned off for whatever reason, like your PC reboots, your Wi-Fi system will still keep working. Mm-hmm. It's not going to stop working. It doesn't need that management software running. But you do need the software running to remotely access your um, your network. So um, And make changes. But yeah, it is very useful having it running on something permanently. And cloud keys, the, the unified cloud keys are a great way to do that just for simplicity. Yeah, totally. They come in a variety of packages too. Like there's different types yes. you can get. So we'll get onto that in a sec. Absolutely, yeah. So the two main cloud key options that you're going to have, aside from one we're going to talk about in just a minute, there's one, it's just called, it's just a cloud key. Do you want the Gen 2 ones? That's the one that's like a little rectangle box that it's like, like I said, that looks like a big stick of gum. The other one is a cloud key plus, cloud key Gen 2 plus. Yeah. That one has a little hard drive in it. And so if you have cameras, it can also record and store your, that's your videos from your cameras. Yeah, so that's what I used to use, and I've, I've now I've moved away. Well, I'll explain why I moved away from that. But you got those two; those two are options now. So you're going to need. You really have to have this controller. You really want this controller. You don't want to try and manage each device one by one. You're not getting the benefit of, of moving this direction if you try and manage them one by one. Now, the first thing you're going to really that you're going to probably after going through and getting a cloud key, unlike how you did it, you're probably one of the first things you're going to look at is a router or a gateway. Right, I think. And this is the thing that your modem is going to plug into that is effectively like your firewall and is going to, is pretty much going to run the network. So the controller. It's not your modem and all in one from your ISP. This is the difficulty that starts. If you don't replace that all in one with just a modem, you're going to have more configuration to do because the, the router and gateway, the unified security gateway, which is firewall and router, provides you. Things like internal DHCP, all those kinds of things. And so you don't want two of those things on your network, right? Mm -hmm. And so you'll end up having to figure out how to turn off your, essentially turn off all of the routing capabilities of your all-in-one. And I did this when I first got into this stuff. And depending on your router, it can be quite tricky to do. And so in the end, I just got got rid of all of that stuff and just bought just a standalone modem. At the time, I was on a cable connection, like from Comcast. And so I just got a modem. And so, you know, coax goes in one side, Ethernet comes out the other side and plugs into your unified security gateway, your USG. Uh, And then nothing from your ISP is doing any of the routing, firewalling, DHCP, any of that stuff. Then that's all handled by a unified system. I mean, with that being said, that is the option that a lot of us would like to go in. Like for me, that wasn't an option. I have to use the modem that my provider gave us. It's got a certificate in it that is what the what my provider note identifies me. So I'm on I'm fiber, AT and T fiber, and they without using their modem, that certificate's not there, and they won't let any of the, they won't let my connection get on. So it's huh. I had to go in to that all-in-one that they gave me. And I did things like, it does DHCP and everything for me as well, but there's a way you can tell the Unify stuff to say, all right, this is, it's like double DHCP. Mm. I forget what the name of it is. I just forgot it. But there's a way you can set it up. And there's help docs on explaining how to do this. 
Thankfully, there's not a ton of ISPs out there. So somebody has already been through this than you have. So you can find some help docs to show you how to do it. But like for me, I went through and I had to go in and shut off the wireless, the Wi-Fi networks that the all-in-one had and shut off a couple other things. Like it's like, what do you want me to do about the security side? You know, we, we can do, we have this firewall here. We have this. I'm like, I want all that shut off. Just, I want this thing to be 100% on the DMZ and I'm going to rely on Unify to do all, all the secure stuff. So you need to get one of these router or gateway options. And Unify provides really four that, but if you're going brand new into this, you're really going to choose between one of two options. Mm. Traditionally, they've had these things called the Unify secu- Unified Security Gateway or the Pro version of it. And if you've seen the, like the USG, the Unified Security Gateway, that was like, it was like a square that was about an inch thick or an inch tall. And you would plug your modem connection into that. And on the other side coming out is the wireless connection that's going to go to your switch. Or sorry, the wired connection that's going to go to your switch. The USG does not provide Wi-Fi. It just is your security gateway. So if you have like a a Nighthawk-style router, this is just like your Nighthawk, except no Wi-Fi. Yeah, just doing the routing, firewall, and DHCP stuff. Yeah. Right. There's a pro version of the USG as well. This is like... uh, it's. It's made to fit in a rack. So there's a one U option hmm. and it has some more pro, some more like business class style things to it. And it's more powerful than the USG. So, I mean, I've got, I have actually one of each of these. I run three networks, one at my house, one at my parents' house and one at uh, a local business. And the, I have a USG at my parents' house. I have a USG pro at the business. And then my house, I have one of the newer options. Hmm. So the other two, that you can. What do you use at your house? Just like curiosity. I just have a regular USG, just the okay. the base model, not rack mount, mm-hmm. the little one inch square thing. Well, it's not one inch square, but one inch tall, but it's also square. Yeah. The other two options that you've got for this, which are the more newer ones, is are, is something they call the Dream Machine. Mm. So you might have seen people refer to it as a UDM. Yeah. And this is about two years old. There are two versions of this. There's a Dream Machine and there's a Dream Machine Pro. So the Dream Machine Pro, that's what I have. And the nice thing about the Dream Machine Pro is that it's just like what the the USG was, the USG Pro was. So it's my gateway, it's my router. But the advantage to going with the Dream Machine is that it also already includes the software, the management software in it. So I don't have to have a cloud key. That's it's part of the device. So that cloud key we just talked about a second ago, I don't need it because it's already part of the hardware they already have. You need it because you're on a USG. Yeah. But on the UDM, you don't. What's interesting, though, about the Pro, about the Dream Machine, is they came out with just the regular Dream Machine first. It looked to me like they were going after more of consumer market with it because it was kind of an all-in-one device, right? It had the gateway, you could run the management software, and it also had an access point inside it. A strong one. Yeah. And whereas the Dream Machine Pro, which is rack-mountable, has... Almost the same things, right? It's got the gateway and it's got the cloud key, but it doesn't have an access point inside it. So it's it's you know more componentized like that, I suppose. So if you were gonna, if you were right now in a position, like I know we had some people say this specifically, Paul. Yeah. If you wanted to go from what my ISP gave me, where they charge me every month to lease their all-in-one device from them, I would look at them and say, all right, instead, if I'm on cable. I'm going to go buy my own modem, which is going to be less than $100 or around $100 for a one-time purchase. And then I'm going to go buy the Dream Machine, which looks like a big Coke can or big software can, yeah. soft drink can. So big, it's a white kind of cylinder and it's a one-time purchase. I think it's around $300, but 
but you don't pay that lease thing anymore with it. And that has that gives you everything you need to basically just be in the Unify system. You've got your access point already in there. You've got a small switch with like five ports on the back of the of the UDM, and you've got the security gateway, you've got the router, and you've got the controller software all in one, all in that one device. And all you gotta do is just plug a modem into it. And you might be wondering, well, but hold on, aren't we talking about this because you said we should get away from all-in-ones? It depends what you're trying to do. It's like the gateway drug. <laughs> exactly. It's the starter pack, right? Yeah. But you know, later on, you can add additional access points and they'll just go all into the same Unify system. They'll get provisioned all through that, you know, through the management software the same way. And it'll all just become part of the same managed network, which will make your life a whole lot easier. So yeah, that's kind of the, the starter pack, I guess. I started with an access point because I wanted to solve my Wi-Fi problem first. And then I was like, okay, now I want to get rid of the the crappy all-in-one router. So that's when I got a cloud, uh, sorry, a, um, a USG. And so then I had an access point in a USG. And then I was like, oh yeah, that's really cool. I need a couple more. I need another access point for upstairs. And so I put that in and it all just became part of that same managed network. But you very quickly, I found, and I, I don't know if, how, how you feel about this, but I found that once I'd taken the step into this world, I wanted everything to be Unify. Yep. So like yep. I had some sw- just some regular Netgear switches around the house. Like um, for example, there was one in the TV cabinet, right? Because I had, you know, a couple of things to plug in in the TV cabinet into the network. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. Well, now I want to replace that with a Unify switch as well. And just wanted to get all of the components of my network under that one management interface. And so, yeah, it was a very rapid slide from, well, I'll just get an access point to, Unify all the things. <laughs> yeah. Another thing that kind of that people are going to wonder about this too is like you know they may look at this and say, well, you know, why did I go with a with a UDM Pro, and why would I tell other people go with like just a UDM and the, the standard Dream Machine? And I mean, there are different reasons for each one of them. The thing that pushed me from going from the Unified Gateway Pro, Unified the USG Pro to the UDM Pro, is for me it was the security stuff. So there's a thing Unify has real-time monitoring on your network so you can see when there's intrusions that are being that it's blocking but not only that it's also looking at outbound connections and it's it's monitoring those outbound connections for security threats as well Mm. so i can't be the only one that's got guys got kids that play minecraft and that connect these different servers and some of these are known for being you know bad actors and trying to install stuff in your machine or whatever or, or on your network and the controller software has the ability to do this real-time monitoring. But if you're on one of the older gateways, it's all done software-based. If you're on one of the newer Dream Machines, and for me, the Dream Machine Pro, it's more hardware-based. And so in all of that extra security work that it's doing, there's an overhead to it. So you're losing some of the total throughput you have of your network Mm. to the internet, your internet connection, unless you go to one of the higher ones. So I found that my, like I switched off from being on the same one that you're on, the USG, to a USG Pro years ago, because I saw that my network would just reboot itself after the load that I was putting on my USG. And I'd see like the CPU spike or memory spike, and then it would just fall off and then reboot itself, like a memory crash. And then I saw the same thing when we went to schooling from home during the pandemic with the Pro, where I saw that it was the security stuff was actually throttling back my, my total bandwidth. So I pay for a gigabit up and down. But I was only seeing like three and four hundred megs up and down because it has to do all the work in software to try and process every packet that's going through. 
Yeah, exactly. And so when I switched over to to a UDM Pro, I saw it go back to like 800 megs up and down and getting more of what I was already paying for. High so, throughput, yeah. Yes, so that's something you want to look at. And there's the health docs explain like, well, if you go with this one and you turn all this stuff on, here's what you're going to get. And there's different levels of like the security filtering you want, like levels one through five and stuff. So right. the next thing I'm going, to th- I'm going to go through this one kind of quick is the switches option you have. So once you get your controller, then it's like, well, I need switches. You don't have to have them. You don't have to have but them. But you'll probably right. want to switch your switches out for Unify switches. When you do this, they have a lot of different options, both in sizes, rack mountable, not rack mountable, how many ports are available on them. There's a lot of stuff that's in, in these. I just go to the site and check them out. But it really boils down to there's two different options that you have. You've got some that are non-powered by Ethernet and some that are power, powered over Ethernet. And really what this means is that if you, get a, if you get a switch that does not have PoE on it, certain devices that can be powered not with an outlet plug, but instead they can be powered with electricity coming over the Ethernet cable. If you don't have a PoE switch, then you're going to have to have a little adapter at each one of those different devices to plug them into the wall and give them an Internet connection. Yeah. But if you have a, a switch that's powered over Ethernet... Like I, I have a bunch of Unify cameras and they are all powered over Ethernet. So they just have one plug going into them. It's just the Ethernet port. Yeah, it's nice. My main switch in my office is powering all my cameras. Yeah. And getting data from them. So the switch options come some with, with no PoE ports, some with lots of PoE ports, and some with a mixture. So some with half and half, say. And so um, if you're going to put access points around your house, it's also really useful to have a PoE switch that they plug into mm-hmm. because then you don't need to have an extra power adapter that plugs into a socket to power them. And they're, they're called PoE injectors, right? Those The sockets have a little box on them. Ethernet from your network goes in. Ethernet from then comes out, but it's injected power into the Ethernet that comes out and it would power your access point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got to think a little bit about your switch options and whether you want to get PoE. The PoE ones are a bit more expensive, but um, other than that, the capabilities are pretty much the same. Yeah, pretty much. The next thing you're going to want to go with is, like you just talked about, you're going to want access points. You want to be able to provide a Wi-Fi network or a Wi-Fi signal. And with this, again, they have lots of different options. Mm. It really, there's three, I would put three different classes of these things that are there. I mean, you have to go, you have to look at all the options and figure out which one's the best one for you. And they do have, there is a, a cool little utility that can help you map out your network. So it's the design studio. So if you go to design.ui.com, what it will do is it will, it allow you to like take like a floor plan. You can map it out like the different materials that you have for the walls and everything. And then you can put different devices down and it'll show you like what the signal strength is going to be based on those different materials and the walls and stuff. So I found that to be really, especially when I was doing the stuff for my, the local business, the, lo- the nearby local business. We wanted Wi-Fi outside, we wanted it inside, and we just had to see well, which device do we want to get and how few, where could we, what devices could we buy and where could we position them to get the best signal coverage and all that stuff. So that's going to help you with this. The three main categories of devices you're going to find this for the different access points are you have in-wall, their dome APs, and then their mesh APs. So the in-wall ones is... Basically, something if you have like a, you know, like in, in your wall, you have like a little outlet and it's got a Cat5 or Cat6 port on the outside of it, your network port. Yep. The in wall is going to fit on top of that mm. and it's going to provide, it's going to basically create a, be your access point for that one room, but it's going to be able to broadcast a lot more than that. Nice. So like for the business, I don't have one of these, but for the business that we, that I, I set up, 
they had a, a problem where they had one kind of building away from everything else that was built with cinder block, which was getting no, was not getting any kind of a signal. So we ran a line all the way out there and drilled a hole through the wall and stuck the end wall on the inside of it. And it now makes a wireless network inside that building, which it was for the the main owners of the company or the, of the business. So they gotcha. they really wanted it. Nice. <laughs> the other ones is a dome, which that's like a, like a circle that you're going to mount on the ceiling or somewhere. And that's just going to create a network. And the last one uh, category are a little mesh uh, devices. And that's like mm. when you want to extend the network, but you don't have like a cable that's going to run all the way there. So I use these mesh guys in my, uh, my parents' house to where we would have like, we had, a main AP and the main part of the house, the main dome one. And then we put one of these mesh ones halfway up the stairs to the upstairs. And then we put another one in like the middle of the upstairs. And what they're doing is they're only plugged into the wall as terms of power. They don't have a a data connection, but they're talking to each other to like hand the signal off down the stairs back to the main access point. So that was allowing just kind of extend. Yeah, meshed. Yeah, they're extending our network. Gotcha. Yeah, they also do larger devices, but for more commercial settings. Like they've got a thing called a Wi-Fi base station, XG, which is like a, it's an outdoor and Wi-Fi antenna that you can mount on a pole, basically in stadiums or commercial settings outdoors when you've got when you need to handle, you know, hundreds and hundreds of connections from lots of diverse types of devices. Oh, there's only 1,500 clients that can be connected to this one. So, yeah, <laughs> handle high throughput. Yeah. yeah, so I guess we've got the security gateway. We've got the thing that you run the management software on, like a cloud key. We've got switches and we've got APs that we've talked about so far. But there are also some other bits and pieces that you can hook up. Mm-hmm. And both of us run the Unify camera system. Yep. I've only recently joined this this party bus. So um, do you want to chat a little bit about some of the other kinds of things you can attach? I'm going to blaze through some of these. You can go look at it if you're interested in this because this is like going way next level with it. We'll talk more about the camera side, but there's like a network attached store, video storage. So if you're using cameras and the out-of-the-box hard drive that, that you want to, with the single hard drive you can put in the Dream Machine Pro, if it's not doesn't give you enough space and you're going crazy with the cameras, you can get a one U like rack mount thing that has four drives in it that are all like RAID and all that stuff. There's a remote battery backup that you can do that is con- that is managed via your your unified controller. There are smart switches to where you can control the power, cycling the power on your different network devices. There are even like LED panels, like light panels that you can put in your ceiling. They have a whole like telephony, a voice over IP option. There's a talk option. There's an access thing where you have like badges that you can, you know, for magnetic door locks and stuff. But they have a whole bunch of that different stuff. And that's mainly all designed for like the business scenarios. But the cameras are the things I think that you and I are what you and I have gotten into. I have a a handful of different cameras that, that I have in my house. I think I have three of what are called the G3 flexes, which are like these little like sticks they're relatively cheap, like 70 bucks at 80 bucks a pop, powered over Ethernet. I replaced my ring doorbell with the G4 doorbell, which is really nice. Mm. And I have a couple other cameras, but it allows you just to have, I mean, you want cameras on your house? Unify has an option. I preferred going with this instead of going with a ring option or going with stuff that was from Google or stuff from these other providers because everything is recorded and stays on my network. There's no subscription to this. It's all one-time purchase, which is what I really wanted. And it's all managed, but it's all part of my network. So my camera's now part of my network, and I use the same software 
to manage and control them and to look at all this stuff remotely. And the storage, that's a good point. Like the, the storage for where the footage goes, goes back into, there's a couple of different storage options, right? But when you get a, like a Dream Machine Pro, for example, it comes with storage. It comes with a storage option. You have to supply the hard drive. Storage option. You have to put a hard drive on it. Yeah, that's true. And like I have the, um, I have the Cloud Key Gen 2 Plus or whatever it's called, which has a hard drive in it, or you could put a hard drive in it. So that's where all your storage for your camera footage goes. All your camera footage gets stored, I should say. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's a few other options there. There's also an option for internet backup connection. Unify do, gosh, now I forget what it's called. There is a device that you can plug into your network, which essentially gives you a 4G or LTE backup internet connection. It's like a failover. Exactly, yeah. It's a good way to, uh, you know, if you're worried about losing ISP connection, what you do in that situation, then you can plug this device into your network and it'll automatically fail over to that when your main connection goes down. That's one option for like a cellular option, but like some of them, like the USG Pro and the UDM Pro, those two gateways, they have a way that you can have like a redundant ISP in there. Not not cellular, but you can have like two ISPs. So like here here where I live in Northeast Florida, the the main providers are uh, Comcast slash slash Xfinity and AT&T. And I've got a friend that has both of them plugged into his house he uses one as the primary for work and the other one is the primary for personal, like just for the house and family stuff because they do like schooling from home and everything. Yeah. But when a connection goes down, the whole network fails over to the other one. Yeah. So it's, it's, he won't have that being an issue. So that's something you can do. That's, it's a nice capability. I haven't gone that far. I would like to, I just don't want to pay for another internet connection. Yeah. And my internet connection has been fairly reliable. I really hesitate to say that. And all of a sudden it's going to go down in the middle of our podcast, but. <laughs> so the, the device I was talking about is the, the Unify LTE Pro, I think it's called. Mm. And it's essentially a cell phone, right? Like you, it's going out over your regular cellular network, pop a SIM card in it, et cetera, et cetera. Pretty nice if you really need something like that. I was tempted to get one of these in Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just in case. You and I have kind of, we've alluded to a couple of different things we've done at our house. If people have questions, let's, let's do this. Why don't you share, like, explain like how you've got your, what you've done at your house real briefly. I'll do the exact same thing. I've kind of done a little bit already, but if somebody has a question, they kind of get some context and they can, you can reach out to us on Twitter. Yep. Sounds good. So mine's a pretty standard setup. I've got a USG for the security gateway, which is my firewall and router. I've got a a CloudKey Pro, sorry, Plus, CloudKey Gen 2 Plus for my management software. I've got a set of switches around the house that all connect through the Ethernet network that's that you know runs to the various rooms of my house. Uh, and then I've got access points plugged into those in a bunch of different places. So I think I've got three running in the house to give sort of max coverage. And so between all of those things, it gives me my wired wired connectivity and management, wireless connectivity and management of those devices. It gives me a hard drive for camera footage and obviously my management management software. Uh, and then I've also got some cameras plugged in to that are outside, you know, taking various views around the house and uh, storing footage on the on the hard drive. So that's um Fairly straightforward. It's not crazy. When we had the office for Hyperfish, we also had a Unify system there, which was a pretty pretty similar, except everything was just bigger. So we had a forty eight we had a forty eight port Unify switch 
doing all the switching around the around the network, things like that. But in a nutshell, because it's componentized, you can just slowly add to it over time. Yep. You don't have to do everything all at once. Like I didn't have unified switches to start with. I just had one access point and I slowly started adding pieces onto the network as I needed them. And you can upgrade as you go too, like have something in and upgrade this component to a different component later and stuff like that. So I've got, like I said, I had three different ones that I run. So the one at my parents' house, I primarily put that in there because I got tired of doing tech support and them trying to walk me through what was going wrong at their house. So I put in basically the exact same, a very similar setup that you have. I have a a unified security gateway, a USG, the little square that's one inch thick, relatively old. I've got an old cloud key, Gen 1, plugged into it, which I want to upgrade. I want to replace that soon. I have... An access point, a single switch, a single access point, and then I think we have three different mesh, a little mesh devices that look like they have little rabbit ears on top scattered throughout the house to extend the access point to room to different areas of the house that were little dead spots. At my house, I'm a little more advanced with it, part just because it's also a little bit of a toy, and so I've just gotten some devices I want to just play with. But um, I've got all my stuff in a rack in my office, so I have. AT&T connection with their their Pace modem plugged into a, a unified Dream Machine mm-hmm. Pro, so the rack mount one. That is plugged into a 48-port, one of their new 48-port PoE switches. And then from there, I have a couple, I have like two switches scattered throughout the house and one main access point for the entire house and then one rabbit ear mesh device, but it's plugged in in the garage because my both my cars have Wi-Fi and every night they do a big download for and <laughs> upload of stuff for map updates and stuff. Right. And then I have another one in our master bedroom because I have a little do-it-yourself security system that I run for our house. But the security system is in a metal box. And so the little devices that need Wi-Fi, huh. they don't have a strong enough connection to get to the main access point. So I have the mesh network device sitting right outside of it on the other side of the drywall from it. So they all connect to that guy. Yeah, gotcha. Actually, I should mention that, like you mentioned, you've got the the connection from your ISP. I recently switched from cable to fiber. And previously on a cable connection, I had a cable modem, just doing the modemy things. When I switch to fiber, I get straight out of the, the ONT, the optical network termination, I think that's what it stands for, which is the box on the outside of your house where the fiber comes in. That goes straight into Ethernet in the house. And so that Ethernet just plugs straight into my USG. So no more modem on my side. Oh, see, that's nice. Yeah. See, I can't do that. I have to go from the aunt to the pace, to the AT&T Pace modem and then from the Pace modem to that because of that certificate I told you about. Yeah, gotcha. That's generally how our networks are set. I have one more that I run for our for a local small business uh, as like a friend. They've got my old USG Pro on the rack mount one. They've got my old 24-port power Ethernet switch. And then they have uh, three or four access points, an in-wall the brand new L6 access point, which has a ridiculously big connection. That's for the outside area. And then two small nano access points for the two other buildings right. that cover those. So it gives us great coverage, good remote access and all that stuff. Now, I want to throw out just a couple of things before we wrap up here. We do have a couple of little tips and tricks. I want to throw my two or three in there that I have. And then I think you may have something you have as well. My first big one that I have is set a reminder, backup your controller uh, configuration, do it frequently. I back mine up every single week, and it's one of those things, when you don't, 
and something happens and it gets corrupted or the device goes dead, you're going to wish you had a backup because then you got to go back through and reset up your entire network. So it's really simple. It doesn't take long. Back up your configuration, save it somewhere safe. And you can have it set up to it so it's automatically backing up, but you just have to download it somewhere else. The other one I would strongly recommend is that Unified doesn't have the best track record for their firmware and their software updates. So they basically have a similar track record to like what the SharePoint framework has. <laughs> what I would do is I would never Savage. install, I would never have it do automatic updates of your firmware. I would have it say, I would always wait about two weeks and go look at the forums when a new release comes out to see like what other people are experiencing. But So there's each device has firmware and then you have an app that runs your network. And then if you also are doing cameras, you have an app that runs your the camera systems. So that's called Protect. Mm. So it's, I'm always watching, like I know that the UDM Pro just had a new, a big firmware update that came out a week ago for 1.10. And I'm still on like a 1.9. something. And I'm like, oh, I'll just see what you got, what everybody else thinks. I'll leave it a couple of weeks. Wait for Service yeah. Pack 3. Yeah, gotcha. Exactly, yeah. I'll wait for you guys to figure it out. The other good, I guess, another tip and trick here is to set up a, a separate VLAN for your Internet of Things things. So everybody's a little, starting to get a little bit worried about, I don't know, different devices and stuff you've got on your internal network and what they could be doing, what they could be snooping around on, you know, backdoors, things like that. So what you can do with Unify is set up a VLAN, which is like a, it's a virtual network, right? It's a it's a separate network that keeps traffic traffic separate from one another, right? So you can have a VLAN just for your eye. I've got an IoT VLAN, which includes a Wi-Fi network that's connected to it. So you get a separate SSID and passcode and all that stuff. And then also separate wired connections. So ports on your switches that you can map to that VLAN so that anything you plug into them, either you know plug in through Wi-Fi or through a physical access port, uh, would go onto that VLAN. That means all of that traffic is segmented from the rest of your network, and they can only talk to each other. They can't talk to the other stuff on your network and go sniffing around. Or talk to, to the internet. Yeah, exactly. And so that's another way to manage your devices on your network. You can also do things like, you can go crazy and do like guest networks the same way, so that mm -hmm. if you have regularly have people, I don't know, in your backyard or staying at your house or whatever, and you want to give them internet access but not to your full network, then you can set up a whole guest network just for that, and they can sign on to that, and all the traffic segmented and, and away from the rest of your stuff. And that's what we did. We set up that guest network at that business because it's a pool, and we host swim meets, but we have the guest network set up to where it can only use 10% of their internet connection that they pay for. The other 90% is reserved for the business, for their cameras. They want to be able to stream a meet up to YouTube for people to watch when the pandemic was going on. Yeah, We didn't allow any, any spectators. And we can do all that stuff using their main connection. And even with there were people that were there, they would never, you wouldn't have somebody like, you know, downloading some service pack for something on their laptop sitting in their car. It's like, yeah, that's great. You can do that, but it's not affecting us. I've got a crazy thing. I have an extra cloud key and an extra Unify access point, like Ooh. the Wi-Fi stuff. Now, I will caveat this with, I have used them. So they're not shrink-wrapped in boxes or anything like that. They're just... It's extra Unify kit that I've got kicking around. And I yeah. thought, hey, if somebody wants to get into Unify, then those are probably the first couple of things you're going to need. So I want to just give them away. So if you're listening to the show and you want to dabble with Unify and give it a try, then what we'll have you do is take a photograph of your current pathetically embarrassing setup. More cables, the better. 
more jumbled <laughs> networking mess, the better. Something that we would not post to the cable porn subreddit on Reddit. Exactly. And <laughs> tweet it to us. So the Microsoft Cloud Show handle on Twitter is MS Cloud Show. And send us a tweet with that photo and include at MS Cloud Show. And uh, AC and I will take a look at it maybe next week when we record the show, see who sent things in. We'll just pick a winner based off our own subjective <laughs> subjective set of rules at the time. How creative you get, how much of a mess there is. Maybe a little bit of a sob story in the tweet about, you know, oh, yeah. how your wife or husband gives you crap regularly for how terrible your Wi-Fi is or something along those lines or, you know, how schooling at home this year has been a misery because of all your Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi woes, something like that. I don't know. You make it up. Just the Wi-Fi woes, okay? We don't want to hear about the other stuff. <laughs> exactly, just the Wi-Fi woes. We'll take a look at it and pick out one deserving tweeter and send you a an access point and a cloud key to get started. Sweet. That's a great idea. Yeah. So um, if you want to dabble, it's a good way to get started. Cool. Well, I think we went through... There's a lot more I know that you and I can talk about here, but we're trying to we're trying to time box it. We've gone for about an hour. We don't want to overload you with too much stuff here, but hopefully this answers some questions and demystifies some stuff. But hey, if not, I mean, please submit questions to us. CJ and I would you know we'd love to future episode. We'll um, we can happy to run through some things. But I think that we also we covered all the main things that everyone submitted to us on Twitter. We covered all those main topics. So Yeah, and I think my parting comment was, why would you look at doing something like this? Or why would you want to do all this work? Well, we just, our family just survived a four-person pandemic in the house for, I don't know, gosh, it's almost been like 18 months, I suppose. Say 12 to 14 months. Both kids on school, high-def streams going everywhere, the whole lot. And it was rock solid. So for me, it's all about the wife acceptance factor and the family acceptance factor. And we had solid networking for the last 14 months. And I think that's a real testament to how great the uh, ubiquity setup that we have is. Yeah. And just the flexibility of it. That's yeah. just, it's cool. Yeah. You know, there's also a fun factor to it. It's, it's a little bit of fun to play with this stuff too. There's a certain amount of just geeking out and learning a bit of networking stuff. Oh, totally. And it's not like you have to SSH into Cisco gear and do random stuff. You can do all of that with Unify if you want. But you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I back up my stuff. Every week, man, I have this little schedule process that SSH into my UDM Pro downloads all the network backup files and downloads all the, the protect backup files and some of the videos and stuff and stores them on my NAS just in case. That's a so. good call. Good call. Cool. All right. Well, that was fun, CJ. Through. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your setup and hope others uh, learned a little bit and uh, send us your photos and we'll send you some kit and you can get started. Absolutely, man. Thanks for sharing your stuff and. Hope you guys learned something from this. So until the next show, we will see you then. See ya. Did you like this episode? Please tweet about it and drop a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find out about our show and grow the audience, and we would really appreciate it. If you got a question for us, go to microsoftcloudshow.com slash questions, where you can submit it as text or record it as a wave or an MP3 and provide a link to it so that we can play your question on the show. You can also subscribe to us in Apple Podcasts, in the Google Play Store, Spotify, or your podcatcher of choice. And finally, sign up to our mailing list by heading over to our website, microsoftcloudshow.com. You'll get notices of each new episode as well as the show notes sent directly to you each week. We'll be back with another episode next week. Thanks for listening.